Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Steve Ray and his talk, Abraham, Our Father in Faith and Works, recorded at the Gift of Faith Conference in June 2008. And now, Steve Ray. They lived there, but then God came to Abraham in a vision and said, Go to a land that I will show you. Pack up everything, Abraham. Leave your family. Go to a land that I will show you. Abraham was 75 years old. Sarai, Abram, see I already said Abraham. Abram was 75 years old. Sarai, she wasn't called Sarah yet. She was Sarai, means princess. She had no children and she was 65 years old. And they pack up everything with their flocks and their herds and their servants, no children. And they go that 800 miles, first to Haran of the family, and then another 500 miles down the Fertile Crescent, this side to the land of Canaan, which is today Israel. So God says, Abram, leave everything behind. I want you to go to a land that I will show you. And Abraham said, "Uh, well, uh, where's the contract? I want to know first what kind of mortgage I'm going to have, what kind of property you're going to give me. Am I going to own it now or later? I want to know the bank that I'm going to be using there, and I want to know my employment status. If I quit my job here, what kind of a job am I going to have there? Now, I'm also concerned about my health insurance once I get there. And I wrote a blog one time about the how I would have answered God. (laughs) But I have family, and I mean, my mom and dad live here. I'm supposed to just leave them. And what, well, God, this is very unreasonable. This is very unusual for you to ask. I don't even know who you are, by the way. Who are you? Are you one of the gods that's on our mantelpiece there, one of those statues? Which one of these are you? And why are you talking to me? And why, what kind of evidence are you giving me that I should believe you and trust you with making a decision like this? I mean, this would have been me. My wife and I would have been arguing with God. Abraham, what does he do? It says in Hebrews, by faith. Abraham, I got it right here, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he was to, and to the place where he was to receive his inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going to. Along the way, God, where was it that, again, you said we're going? I'll show you when you get there. Well, I don't like those kind of answers myself. I don't like those kind of answers. I want to know things. That's just the way I am, and I bet some of you are like that as well. He went. He packed everything. 500 miles through all of this unknown territory to a place he still doesn't know where it is. And he doesn't know what he's going to find when he gets there. And he doesn't know how he's going to get the land or anything else. But he obeyed God even going to a place he doesn't know. You're starting to see why he's our father of faith. Only a beginning to see, believe me. This man was not a nut. But he was convinced that who this God was, was a God who he could trust. He wasn't just a God who was a statue on a shelf because this God talked to him. This God gave him, obviously, some kind of proofs and evidences that he was the true and living God. He wasn't tied to the land. Gods in those times were tied to the land. They were territorial gods. Even the God of Israel was considered to be just within the boundary of Israel, which is why the Jews would get so mad if you'd say, well, Abraham wasn't called while he was within this geographical bound. He was called over there. And, And Elijah was blessed when he was up in Lebanon up there with that pagan lady and all and and God spoke to Moses not in Israel but in Egypt so, so 
God is not a territorial God. He is the universal God of created the heavens and the earth. He's everywhere. And Abraham was convinced of this, so he would follow him to another land. So at 75, he leaves. Now, what is Abraham like? How does he live? Does he go from one hotel to the next? Abraham becomes a Bedouin shepherd. When we take our groups through Israel, when we're driving up from the Jordan Valley, the 4,400 feet up into the mountains of Jerusalem, from the lowest place on the face of the earth, 1,200 feet below sea level, it's so hot I've had bare feet and burned my feet in five minutes before where it took a week for the bottom of my feet to heal. It's how hot it gets down there, the lowest place on the face of the earth. And he comes to this land and he has nowhere to go. Who, he doesn't know where God wants him to be. So he, get, he starts traveling all this way, and he, he comes to this land that he has no idea where it is and who it's going to be that this God is going to bring him to. And when he gets there, so I said to Jerry, by the way, that night, I said, Jerry, was that when Abraham was saved, when he went and did what God told him to do? And he said, well, no, no. He was saved in Genesis 15. I said, but, you know, it says, by faith Abraham did all these things. By faith he did these things. What kind of faith was that, Jerry? Was that some other kind of faith or was that saving faith? How many kind of faiths do you Baptists have? How do you know if you really have saving faith or only the kind of faith that Abraham had here when he left the, 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 his land? By the way, it says that in that same passage in Hebrews, it says the, that talking about Abraham and Abram and Sarah, it said these all died in faith. The book of Hebrews says these all died in faith. Now, you know all the saints that we have in the church, but you don't usually think of St. Abraham and St. Isaac and St. Jacob and St. Sarah, but they are. In the Catechism, paragraph 61, it says that these patriarchs and prophets of the Old Testament have always been and are today considered saints in the calendar of the liturgical year. The reason that they weren't considered saints quite like referred to as the others is because the saints that got started, like that we know, St. Sebastian, St. Colby, Saint, you know, all these other saints that we know, Ignatius and Clement, it's because they were martyrs. And that's how the saints started. The canonization is through the martyrdom of saints. That's how they began to be known as saints. But when the church had the bigger picture of those who were in heaven, they said, well, of course, we've got Abraham now to deal with, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When Abraham came into this land, he was a Bedouin shepherd. And like I was saying a minute ago, I remember what I forgot now. Sometimes I do that. Usually I bring my wife and she sits right here. And when I get off on rabbit trails and forget where I am, she, she yells, Steve, you're talking about the bed. Oh, that's right, okay. And I don't have her here tonight, so I may forget where I am once in a while. When I bring the groups up the mountains into Jerusalem, along both sides are the Bedouins. And they live in tents. They don't have running water. They don't have electricity. They live in tents. And when I do this Abraham movie coming up, we're going to spend a night in the Bedouin tents. And film it and see what it was like to live there with the sheep and the goats sleeping with you in the tent, with no showers, no toothbrushes. You're out in the desert, you sleep with the animals. In a tent, you have a fire and you cook on the fire in the tent. And this is what Abraham lived like and when we're coming through the desert and we see these, va- these nomadic shepherds, I always say to everybody, look to the left and there's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the fathers of our faith, right out there in the desert. See them with their flocks. That's Abraham out there, only 4,000 years later. When he arrives in the promised land, he comes up to a place, Bethel and Shechem. It's, in the, it's right now in the Palestinian West Bank. 
And it says that the first thing Abraham did when he got here wasn't to get a mortgage. It wasn't to look for a job or to go to get his life insurance and health insurance. What he did was he built an altar out of stone and he called upon the name of the Lord. It always says in Genesis, I love this, that Abram pulled up his tent stakes, meaning he moved on. But the altar stayed. It shows the permanence of his faith, the permanence, this is my land, but I don't own it yet, so I still have to keep moving. So he's got the altar that stays there, but the tent stakes get pulled, and he keeps moving around. It's like us, by the way. Don't ever get your tent stakes too deeply in the ground that you can't pull them up and move, because you are not a citizen of this world. You are a citizen of heaven. Do you know what the word perish comes from? The word perish comes from stranger and sojourner. Perish are people who don't belong here. They are strangers in this earth. We are citizens of heaven. Abram pulled up his tent stakes. Over and over he pulled up his tent stakes because he was not a citizen. He was moving, waiting for God to give him a city which will be eternal. So he calls upon the name of the Lord. So I said to Jerry Simon that night, I said, Jerry, I said, was Abraham saved now? He said, no. But I said, Jerry, it says that he called twice, that he called upon the name of the Lord. And in Romans chapters 10, 9, and 10, it says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I used to use that verse. It's called the Romans Road. It's one of those verses that says we're all sin and fall short of the glory of God. He died when we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. If you accept Christ your Savior, then you're saved. And then you go right on to this. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jerry, if you were coming to preach to me, you'd say that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It says Abraham did it twice. You think he wasn't saved yet? Oh, oh, he pulls his cheat sheet out. Abraham finally arrives at the land, but he doesn't own it. By the way, Abraham never owned one inch of that land in his whole lifetime. Only a cave that he bought, and we'll get to that. He bought a cave for a tomb. Other than that, he never in his lifetime owned one inch of that land that God had promised to him. He gets to to Canaan. We'll call it Canaan because that's what it was at the time. And it was pagan. And as soon as he gets there, there's a famine. Well, you'd think God treat him better than that. <laughs> you arranged a famine for right when I get here. He packs up everything and he has to go down into Egypt. Egypt, you go all the way across the Sinai Desert. I've done it many times. You know, in, here we get snow drifts. There you have sandstorms. One time we had three inches of sand blowing across the road. There was so much sand it stalled the bus. The engine stalled because it just gummed up the engine. And the bus stalled in the middle of the Sinai Desert because of the sand. And Abram now has to leave where he's at in Hebron and he has to go all the way to Egypt just for food. I would have said... God, you're crazy. You brought me all the way here. You didn't give me a land. There was no condominium for me here. And now I have to pack up because you made a famine and I have to go to Egypt. (laughs) But Abraham believed God. He didn't criticize God. He believed God. And after being in Egypt, he comes back. And he still has no son. And he's still named father with no son and no land. And then his nephew Lot, who was with him, who came with him, his brother's son, 
they get in an argument. Basically, their, their shepherd groups get in an argument because they eat too, much, too many sheep and they can't graze on the same land. And by the way, Lot is referred to as Abraham's brother. It's one of those arguments. Does Mary have other children? Well, of course she does, you Catholics. Just read your Bible. It says that Jesus had brothers. That's what I always used to say. But Lot is here always referred to as Abraham's brother. He's not a brother. He's a nephew. Over there, the families are so close, you forget who's a cousin and who's a brother. I'm telling you right now, my bus drivers, when I go, I have these Christian bus drivers, and there's three brothers, and they all live in the same house, one floor on top of another. And all their kids play together all the time. You don't even know who's cousin and who's brother. Abraham calls Lot his brother, but they get in an argument. Now the family splits up while they're in this land that God brought them to. And then there's a war. And Abraham's nephew Lot gets taken away all the way to Damascus. And now Abraham has to go fight a war. Imagine you come to this land. You have to go fight a war now to get your, your nephew back. And then he finds out the land's full of perverts. Do you remember Sodom? You know where the word Sodomite comes from and sodomy? It comes from Sodom in the south part of the Dead Sea. He gets there and finds out the whole land is full of perverts and he's going to inherit this land and raise his kids here. It's like coming to America. (laughs) And now he's got... It's so bad that God comes down himself to go see and ends up smoking them. He burns them right out in cinder and ash. But anyway, he finds out this is the kind of land he's moved to. And his nephew Lot is now living down there where these men roam the streets raping other men. And the angels come and they said, we want those men. And they said, no, you can have my daughters. He said, we don't want your daughters. We want those men. This is the kind, they, they weren't staying in the closet. They weren't living it in there. They were out in the streets. It's getting that way too much already in our culture. But they, it was so bad that they were out in the streets attacking strangers to rape them at night. And this is the land God brought Abraham to. And he still believed them. Sodom was destroyed. We'll return to Living Bread Radio Presents after a short break. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. For the celebration of World Mission Sunday 1 October, a Catholic man in India sold his goat and gave the whole amount to support the church's missionary work there and around the world. One local priest in Africa told me that his people know that they are missionaries. They give what little they have on World Mission Sunday. More importantly, he said, the poor there offer prayers because prayer is the heart behind the giving. On World Mission Sunday and every day, may the Lord bless us with generous missionary hearts. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family in mission. And now the conclusion of today's production of Living Bread Radio Presents. It says in Hebrews 11:9, "By faith Abraham lived in an alien, as an alien in a land of promise, in a foreign land, dwelling in tents 
fellow heirs of the same promise with with Isaac and Jacob. He's in a foreign land, still dwelling in tents, and they say that because he doesn't have a house. He's living in tents, wandering from one part to another, and he believes God. These are years and years going on, and Abraham still believes. I would have gone back to Ur. I would have gone back where my family was, where I knew there was wealth and everything. Okay, now we get to the key passage, Genesis 15, 6, where Jerry said this was the place where Abraham was saved. It says Abraham believed God. God said to him, I'm going to give you this whole land. He's been there already a long time and doesn't have an inch of it yet. I'm going to give you this whole land and I'm going to give you a son. And Abraham says, oh, good grief, I'm already 86 years old. Where are you going to give me a son? My wife's all shriveled up too. I'm shriveled up. How am I going to get a wife? How am I going to get a baby? What's the, how is this baby going to come? And all these things God promised him that seemed totally unra- unreasonable and impossible. And it says Abraham believed God against what looks the natural says, no, he says, God is God. He made the world. I believe that he can do what he says he's going to do. He's a man of his word. And Abraham believed God. And it says, because of that, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now, from an evangelical standpoint, that's the whole world wraps around that verse. Abraham believed God, faith alone, and he was saved from that point on. And it's no work you can do. There's no work you can do to be saved. It's faith alone. And I always like to say, you know, when you say that all the way you get saved is by believing, the last time I looked it up, believe was a verb. It's something you do. Even they say, well, you just receive the gift of salvation. Oh, but what if I don't reach out and take it? Even receiving is a verb. Something I do. Having faith is something I do. So now that we've all agreed that you have to do something to be saved, now we'll just decide to what degree. So Abraham believes God. He says, I'm going to make your descendants like the stars of the heaven and like the sands of the sea. If you can count them, you'll be able to count your descendants after you. This is how many there will be. There's another man named Phineas who was given the same blessing by God of being accounted to him as righteousness in the exact same words in the Hebrew, not because he believed, but because he took a javelin and ran it through a man and a woman in a tent who were committing adultery. He was a Levite. And to defend the honor of God, the Jewish man had married a Moabite woman. And they were flaunting the relationship in front of everybody in a tent right over there. And... Phineas grabbed his javelin and ran over there and he said he pinned them both to the ground. And because of that, God counted it to him as righteousness. I love to share that verse when somebody pulls this one out at me and says it's by faith Abraham was saved. Then I said, how was Phineas saved? Psalm 106, verse 31. It's the same Hebrew words. Abram now has gone on and on believing God with not getting anything for his work. All his belief gets him nothing. We pray. We want an answer to prayer now. God, you said if I knock, you'll open. If I ask, I'll receive. Why aren't you doing this? Well, look at Abraham, on and on and on. By the way, because of his attitude towards God, he is the only man in the Bible who is called the friend of God. Three places. He's called the friend of God. Only man in the Bible that's called the friend of God. At 86 years old, Sarah, Sarai, is frustrated. She wants a son. 
We don't realize in our culture how much of a problem it is not to have a son. Because a woman does not have a son, she's nobody in these days. Nobody to take care of her if the husband dies. No one to carry on the family line. You are barren. You are In these days, you are considered nobody if you don't have a son. Daughter's nice, but they want a son. And it's still that way in many parts of the world, like India and other places. So what does she do? She wants a son so bad. She doesn't believe. She's, she's doubting. And so she says, I'm going to bring my maidservant, Hagar, who she owns. And so therefore, it's called having a baby on her knees. If she sends Hagar in to sleep with Abram and Hagar has a baby, the baby will be born on her knees. And because the slave girl is hers, that baby will become by law her baby. So she sends Hagar in to sleep with her husband. And she, Hagar, has Ishmael. And do you know who Ishmael is the father of? The Arabs. The Arabs today look back in their ancestry to Ishmael. Just like Isaac is the father of the Jews, Ishmael is the father of the Arabs. Two brothers still fighting. Ishmael is born. 86 years old, Abraham is at this point. 86 years old. He now has a son. God comes to him and he even says, Lord, please, let my servant, um, he has, I forget his name right off, I'll think of it in a minute, but let my servant be my heir. He said, because he's been with me, I've adopted him. He's, he's from Damascus. I'll think of his name in a second. Eliezer, I think it is. That Eliezer. And he says, let him be my heir. And God says, no, it'll be from, from Sarah. Then let it be Ishmael. No, no, no. It's going to be from Sarah and you. This is the promise. Well, they're getting all shriveled up. I mean, they're... <laughs> my dad is 90 years old right now, and if he told me that God told him he's going to have a son, I'd just, I'd laugh at him. My dad's all wrinkled up and just, just well, very, yeah, you're, you and mom are going to have a baby, right? Okay, I, I'll believe that. 13 years of silence with God. Ishmael is born. God says, no, he's not the one. There's 13 years of silence. God doesn't speak to Abraham again. 13 years. Still living in the land without a son, getting older and older. Still does not own the land. 13 years of silence now. And he still believes God. How many of us would still 100% be believing in God at this point? This is why he is the father of faith and works. 99 years old, God comes to Abraham and he has good news. Abraham, I'm going to remind you again of my covenant with you. You are going to have a son. I've got them listed here. I didn't want to forget any. You're going to have a son. And your descendants will be greater than the stars of the heaven and the sands of the sea. And Abraham looks down at you. God, are you serious? The land will be given to you as far as you can see as an everlasting covenant. Why do the Jews today say that land is theirs? Because they gave it to Abraham. Abraham had the deed for that land. And it was given to Abraham unconditionally by God as an everlasting covenant. You will have a multitude of nations will come from your loins. You will be, kings will come from you. From you all the nations of the earth will be blessed from your loins, Abraham. Remember in the, Paul argues that the word seed is singular. 
that when God said this to Abraham, he meant that all the nations would be blessed by the seed of Abraham, but he meant seed, singular Jesus Christ, when he would come and be the Jewish Messiah. That was the seed. How many of you here are Jewish beside Mark? You're all Gentiles. I'm a Gentile. And yet I'm a Christian following the Jewish Messiah. Why? Because I've been blessed by the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ. Promise made 4,000 years ago. The New Testament is hidden in the Old. The church is here. At this point, Abraham has a name change. I've screwed it all up. I've been calling him Abraham all the way through. He is now changed from Abram, which means father, to Abraham. Which means it's even crueler. It means father of nations. What's your name, old man? Father of nations. (laughs) I used to just be called father when I didn't have a kid, and now that I don't have a kid, I'm father of nations. Okay. Then God says, I'm going to give you a sign of the covenant. Now, Abraham has been believing God all along, and he's really excited now. He's finally going to get something for his work. He's going to give him a sign of the covenant. Oh, great. What is it, God? God hands Abraham a flint knife, and he tells him to cut it off. (laughs) Circumcision. You are going to remove the foreskin of your genitals. And Abraham, I would have said, that's what I get for all of this. (laughs) I'm 99. I forgot my flint knife, by the way. I, have, I bought it at an antiquity store, and I forgot to bring it. It's a real flint knife from the Holy Land, 2,000 years old. And it's a very hard stone. When you chip it, it comes out with very sharp edges. There's guys that work with flint. There's a, a guy, once I did a blog on this, and he sent me all kinds of flint knives that he made just for me because he liked what I had said about Abraham and the flint knife. And there was no anesthetics, no anesthesia, no alcohol, nothing to knock you out. You just took that knife and you cut. And what did Abraham do? Said, no, are you kidding? I'm 99 years old. I am due some respect at this age. And all of my servants, you think they're going to do this? They're all going to quit. Abraham did it. He never even argued about it. He believed God. What would have happened, I asked Jerry at that dinner that he came to my what would have happened if Abraham said no? Would he have still been saved? If he had denied it, said no, I'm not going to do it, I'm going back to Ur, I'm going back home. Would he have still been the father of faith? Would he still have been saved? I don't think so. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For a copy of this program on Compact Disc, Call 330-966-2903 or send an email to orders at livingbreadradio.com and reference the program broadcast date. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.